This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Delighted to be joined by Mr. Chris Eubank Jr. all the way in Florida. Chris, how are you? I'm good. I am good. I'm great, actually. I'm, uh, I just got done doing eight rounds of tough sparring uh, at Roy Jones' gym. Uh, he's got a private gym on his farm here in Pensacola, Florida. And, uh, and yeah, I'm training there five, six days a week. And I've been doing that for the last two and a half months. It's been some of the best training of my life. So uh, I'm happy. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. The pandemic situation the world is in, what is the situation in Florida regarding a lockdown, if there is one? Um, how is that over there, Chris? Well, let's put it this way. A couple of days ago, I was on... Uh, a beach in Pensacola, there was 2,000 people on there minimum, and 98% of them weren't wearing masks. I was wearing a mask. Uh, people were looking at me like I was crazy, if you can believe that. Um, they just don't seem to care out here. I don't, know, I don't know if it's because there's just a lot less cases, or maybe it hasn't, maybe it hasn't hit here like it's hit England, but yeah, it's, it's very, very relaxed from what I've seen you know, over the last few weeks and months, um, things have started to open back up. You know, some, a lot of businesses have been closed. Um, so yeah, I've definitely had it a lot better than you guys have, let's say that. So what was your plan kind of before this all started happening? Were you gonna come out to Florida regardless of the situation we're in anyway? Um, not, not necessarily. I mean, so I, I met Roy at a uh, in Las Vegas about a week, a week and a half before the coronavirus situation really hit and everything got locked down. <clears throat> um, he was at a he was in the corner. He was doing the corner for a friend of mine, Kevin Newton, who I've trained on and off with for years since I was a kid. And uh, so I went to see the fight. Uh, I met him. In the uh, in the change room before the fight, obviously didn't get to say much to him because he's you know preparing Kevin. Then after the fight, um, we're back into the change room. You know things obviously you know settled down after the fight, and I was able to just you know spend a couple of minutes with him and just talk to him. Um, and yeah, you know I you know I found out he had a he had a gym here in Pensacola uh, on his farm, and you know he was asking a couple of things, you know just about, you know, just advice, just little things, you know, that I could think of at the time. Um, and, and then, yeah, we kind of just went our separate ways, you know, took a picture and that, and that was that. Um, and in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, wow, yeah, Roy Jones, was, you know, it's was amazing to me and um, it'd be awesome to train with him one day, but that, it wasn't really a thing. You know, it was like, oh, you know, he's in Florida, he's probably busy or whatever. I didn't really, I didn't really see myself actually going down there. Um, so, yeah, I just went, went on about my business. I went on about my life in Las Vegas. You know, I had, I had great training out there, you know, training at Floyd's gym, great strength conditioning coaches. Um, the food's great, you know. I have a lot of friends out there, partying, clubs, you know, on my time off. Um, yeah, I, I've got a I've got a great little setup. I've got my own apartment out there. I bought a, I bought a place out there, so you know I was very comfortable. I was very um, 
you know, I was, I was comfortable. So I wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really in my mind, all right, I'm going to uproot all this and just go somewhere else to train. That, that wasn't really in my mind. Um, and then it was, uh, it was, I think it was a Saturday and I was uh, planning to go out with some friends to a club. Uh, it was a, there was a big performance. I think it was like a Two Chains or um, one of those rappers. Uh, and um, my friend called me up in the morning and he was like, uh, yeah, the, the club's closed. I was like, what do you mean closed? Like, by this time, you know, coronavirus wasn't really, it hadn't hit. So, and I, I, obviously I'd heard about it, but I was like, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, it's just this thing in China and it's not really, you know, it hadn't affected anything yet. So, I, you know, I went on the website and yet, lo and behold, he, you know, it, it, it all been shut down. And then I, you know, looked at, I had a lot of things going on over the next few weeks and I was going through all the, you know, the calendar looking at all these events and stuff like that I was supposed to be going and cancel, cancel. They, they're not coming, they're not coming. Like Everything was just gone. So I was like, holy shit, like, this, is, this is real. Like, this is really happening. Um, and then I called my, uh, my trainer, Nate Vasquez, and I was like, yo, you know, are we still training? Are we training, are we training Monday? And he was like, Floyd's gym's closed. They, they've shut it down. They're, they're, they're not going to open it up on Monday. I was like, wow. Like, what am I going to do? You know, do I go back to England? Because, you know, I, I can't just, well, I could just stay in my apartment in Vegas, but if you, if you, you know, the, the, if, if I can't train, you know, if you can't go out and, and live life, then, you know, maybe I want to go back to England and be with my family and just, and close friends and just do that. And then I thought to myself, hold on. Roy Jones, he has a he has a he has a private gym. I'm sure. I wonder if that. I wonder if he'll stop training. I wonder if I wonder if fighters are there and they're going to just continue training throughout this. Uh, so I called my dad and I was like, "Listen, I want to. Uh, you know, I met Roy Jones a week ago, and you know, it looks like this coronavirus is really hitting bad. You know, they're closing everything down, and I just had this thought like." Maybe I should go out to and train with Roy if that's an option. I don't know if it is. You know, I don't know if he would, he would want that, but uh, maybe you can, you know, contact him, get get his number, and contact him and see if that's a possibility. And um, he was like, "Yeah, that's that's a great idea." And uh, yeah, he, he called me back a few hours later and was like, "Yeah, he's he's happy for me to come down." So I was on a plane the next day, dropped everything, got on the plane, flew out there. And I was, uh, yeah, I was in the gym on the Monday and I've been here for the, yeah, for the last two and a half months training every day. So it's, it's pretty crazy how things happen. So Chris, you're obviously currently working with Roy, but moving forward, is he going to be involved in your actual training team for future fights? That's what it's looking like. Yeah. I mean, this guy's a genius, man. Like he really is. I'm, I'm actually upset that I've, I've only met him now. You know, if, if I'd met him when I was 20 instead of 30, you know, you know, it would have been, would have been crazy. But um, I've got him now. I'm still in my prime. I'm still, you know, ready to learn and, and, and apply the things he's teaching. But he is a genius. He is a master. And one thing that really... Um, really struck me, you know, once I started getting into the swing of things out here was how uh, hands-on he is. 
you know, I wasn't really expecting. I thought I'd go there, you know, walk into the gym. Roy Jones has got all these guys here. And, you know, he just, all right, you know, hit the bag for five minutes. And, you know, I didn't think he would spend time because he's Roy Jones Jr. You know, he doesn't have to be doing this. He, you know, I, I thought he had like a whole, you know, thing going on. And, you know, he just wouldn't really spend much time. But he is, he's on me every single day. Um, for the few hours that I'm in the gym, he's on me for the whole time giving me all his knowledge, telling me everything that I need to know, everything that I need to do. He is a, a true, a, a trainer in the truest sense of the word, more, more than I've ever experienced with anybody else. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot. He, every week, I'm, you know, he, he'll just say something or do something or show me something and I'll be like, wow, like, why didn't I think of that? Or why haven't I been doing that? You know? So um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that me and Roy are going to be working together for the foreseeable future now. You can answer these two questions in, in one if you want, Chris. Where does this leave uh, Nate Vasquez? And also, is Ronnie Davis still involved in your training team when you return? Well, um, I haven't had the conversation with Nate. Um, I would like him to still be a part of the team, but that's something that, you know, obviously I'm going to speak to Roy about and we'll, We'll figure it out. We haven't had the conversation. Um, Ronnie, as you know, has been a part of my team for, what, for years, from the very beginning. Um, the only trouble with Ronnie is that, you know, I'm here in America. I'm now with Showtime, PDC. Uh, and, you know, it looks like I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm going to have to be training out here and fighting out here. So really, this is going to be my base. And Ronnie does not like to leave his house, let alone his, let alone the country. Um, it's it's not a place that he would he would really consider coming to. So that again, it's not a conversation we've had, but it is something we're going to have to uh, you know discuss and, and work out. You know, obviously, I would love for Ronnie to stay on and be a part of the team. Um, it's just finding out a way to do that because I know he's, you know, at his age, he can't, you know, he, the whole traveling thing, he hates it. He hates getting on planes. He hates being outside of his comfort zone. He, he came over for the Korobov fight, but he was only there for, you know, he came a few days before the fight and he left the next day after the fight. You know, he wasn't there for the training camp. Um, so it's a tough one, but, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. It's been... 14 or 15 months since um, the probably biggest win of your career um, in the James DeGale fight, shall we say, first of all. Um, you may argue that for a second, but let's just pen back to last February. In that time between now and then, I know we're in a situation now where um, for the last two, three months, boxing has obviously become non-existent compared to what's going on in the world. But Chris, you've had that fight with Korobov back in December, but... Would you have ideally have liked that 12-month period, shall we say, between February and February to have been a bit more active off the back of that great win against James DeGale? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, that's boxing, man. I can't control my promoter. I can't control other fighters. I can't, I can't control the boxing schedule. Um, you know, I... I I want to fight three times a year, every year, but minimum. But, you know, it's, 
it's tough, especially at this level, you know, it's, it's very political. You've got to have the right fights. It's got to be made at the right times. Um, you know, so I was only able to fight two times last year and, you know, one of them wasn't a fight. It was, you know, it was one round. So, um, and now we've got this with the whole coronavirus, it's, you know, and it's annoying because these are my prime years, you know, these are, these are the years which I need to absolutely make the most of because, you know, I'm 30 years old now. Once you start getting to 33, 34, 35, you start seeing that decline, you know. It, it may, for some guys, it's a huge decline. For guys like me who live the life, who don't drink, who don't do drugs, who don't, you know, who are in the gym very regularly, who don't go up and down and wait, I'll be able to be very effective at world level you know, up until, you know, for a lot longer than most guys will. But still, you know, these next few years are the prime years. So I need to, I need to be active and I need to be getting in the ring and, and fighting these, these big names and, and winning these belts. Um, and at the moment, obviously, that is, you know, it's, it's hard because of the situation we're in now with the virus. And uh, all I can do is, is, is sit and wait for the call. You know, that's why I'm, that's why I'm in the gym five, six times a day right now because I want to be on the first bill uh, that is available once, you know, once they figure out how to restart the boxing agenda, you know. Um, I want to be active, so we'll see what happens. I've read some comments that you made to Sky Sports probably about six weeks ago, maybe two months ago, um, regarding some comments on Golovkin and also Canelo, uh, in which you said that you believe that Right now, uh, Golovkin is there for the taking. Uh, obviously, people will still refer to a few years ago, um, three, three years ago, when there was a possibility of that fight happening. But you said that Canelo will still be there in, in years to come. So can you... Oh, no, no, no. So I've read a, I read a story of like a week ago, which I've never heard before. I, don't, I haven't had a conversation with my old man yet. Um, you know, people have been giving me shit for years about this uh, Golovkin fall through and that uh, oh, Eubank lost his pen and, you know, all this crap, you know. And now Eddie's come out and said that the reason that the fight f fell through is because my old man uh, last minute said, right, the contract's perfect, but just to seal the deal, uh, Eddie, you've got to get me this painting that's on some matrim office office wall and uh, you've got to give me that painting and that's and then, and, then, and then the fight happens and apparently Eddie's gone to his old man asked him to take the picture down his old man said fuck you and the fight's gone now you know I'm, I, I, I've always been very upset that that fight didn't happen um, but What's even more upsetting is that people actually believe that, you know, I was responsible. Like I didn't, you know, like I bottled it. Like I didn't want to want the fight. I mean, Eddie's admitted now. He's admitted it. Like you know, I was ready to go, and apparently this crazy this crazy thing happened. And you know, it's an ego thing between my old man and, and Barry Hearn, and that's what stopped the fight from happening. So, but is that is that? That story, which came out on, I think, was it Talk Sport? Eddie gave a, an interview to Talk Sport recently, 
to your knowledge, have you spoken to your dad about that? Is that story accurate? I, I haven't spoken to him, to be honest. No, I've been out, I've been doing my thing. Um, but, you know, I don't, I just don't see any reason why Eddie would make something like that up now. It just doesn't make any sense. So there must have had, there had to have been some disagreement. But whatever it was, it actually doesn't matter. The main point is, it wasn't me. Whose fault was it, Chris? Chris, who's, if you were to say someone was to blame for that fight between you and Golovkin not happening and Kell Brook subsequently taking that fight instead, who, who is to blame then? If it's not you, who is to blame? I mean, you know, Eddie said his story. From what I understand and what I think is more likely uh, is that you know, the fight was in the process of being made. I was ready to go. Um, but we are not yes men. Eddie loves to deal with us yes men. The guys that, you know, yes sir, no sir, all right, whatever you want, sign on the dotted line, that's never been me. Uh, and, you know, as in the process of the contract being drawn up, there were things that Eddie didn't like, but he was having to, he was having to swallow it uh, because, you know, it's a huge fight and it was going to make a lot of money. But then... I, I heard that he was, I guess he was on the phone with um, uh, with Kelbrook and he was kind of venting a little bit like, oh, you know, these Eubanks are so, they're so hard to deal with, you know, they want everything their own way, whatever. Um, and he, he just off the cuff was like, you know, oh, so much easier, it's so much easier if you fought him, I wish you just fight him. Like not really expecting, just just an off the cuff thing and, you know, and Kelbrook was like, you know what, yeah, I'll fight him. And then Eddie's like, just light bulb went off, like, all right, well, great. I can just do exactly what I want with you, give you probably half what I was going to give you, Bank, and get Golovkin over here and fight on a matrim, matrim Sky Sports card. And that's, that's what happened. That's what I believe happened. But, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't me. I was ready to go. I wanted the fight. Um, my pen was in my bloody hand. And the fight got taken away from me. Chris, I just want to pick up on something you just said there about, you know, there's a, a, a perception around that you and your father are, are difficult to deal with. We've heard Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn say numerous times before that, to quote what you just said there, the Eubanks are impossible to deal with. What, why is that? Why do we get that perception from them? We're not impossible to deal with because I've had 31 professional fights. So... We're not impossible. We're just, again, we're not yes men. I'm not a yes man. I'm not going to sell my soul to get a fight. You know, I'm in the ring risking my life. So, you know, we want, we, we want certain things. We're not going to give away all the rights and all the, everything that promoters try and hold for themselves. We're not giving that away. You know, we want our fair share. That's all. We're not, we're not trying to take everything. We understand that, you know, there has to be some, um, you know, there's some give and take and some, uh, and some cohesion. But, you know, most fighters, and it's sad to say, most fighters, they don't know. They're, they're not smart enough to go through a contract and see the things which are actually going to screw them into the ground. All they see is, oh, I'm getting a paycheck at the end of this. Oh, that's a, that's a nice number. I can buy a car with that. I can buy... I can buy a nice little house with that. Yeah, I'll take that. No, that's not, we're smarter than that. My dad's been through all that. He's been screwed over so many times that, 
you know, we're not going to let it happen again. Um, we're not, we're not, we're not stupid like that. We're smart. We have, we have the right team, and we, you know, when it comes to contracts, we get everything done right. Um, so, but promoters don't, you know, Eddie Hearn, Frank Warren, they don't like that. They want guys who, yes, yes, yeah, I'll just sign, just give me that money, and I'm good. We're not like that. Um, we're not impossible to work with because we are now with one of the top promoters on the planet in our Hayman. And, you know, we're doing very good work with him. So, you know, it is what it is, man. So just coming back to what I was talking about, Golovkin and Canelo, obviously their situations are up in the air along with everything else in boxing. But how much of a night are you looking still at Golovkin and also Canelo, who was obviously scheduled to have been fighting Billy Joe Saunders a couple of weeks ago. We don't know whether that fight's going to happen um, later in the autumn. But are you keeping an eye on those two guys in particular as well? I mean, of course. I'm, I'm a middleweight. They have the belts. I'm an interim champion at the moment. I should be a full champion. The fight with Corbo should have been for the full belt because Canelo shouldn't be holding multiple belts in different weight classes. That's not allowed. Um, he shouldn't have a full title at middleweight. He just fought at, super, at light heavyweight against um, Kovalev. So I should have been fighting for the real, the real McCoy. Um, but you know, politics, money, whatever it is, Canelo still has a belt at middleweight. And, you know, uh, I'm not going to say that's a bad thing because that enables me to call him out because I'm campaigning at middleweight and he has a belt. Uh, Golovkin also has a belt. So those are the two huge names in the sport. They have belts in my weight division. Of course, I want those fights. Of course, I'm going to be calling these guys names. The fight was taken from me three years ago, not through any fault of my own with Golovkin, you know, I, that doesn't mean that I stopped wanting to fight him. I've been wanting to fight him this whole time. So let's do it. Who else is going to be a more exciting fight at middleweight? Nobody. Is there a possibility that you still may compete at super middle? Yes. I'm 30 years old. Who knows? When I hit 33, 34, maybe my metabolism slows down and uh, I have to move up. I've been fighting at super middleweight for the last three years. I've, I've I've never been a super middleweight. I'm having to eat breakfast the day of the weigh-in. I'm eating for tw I'm eating for 24 hours straight after the weigh-in, and I'm still coming into the ring at 168, 12 stones. Whereas these guys are coming in 14 stones. You know, I'm, I was never a super middleweight, so now I'm back down on my natural weight, middleweight 160, uh, and that is where I'm at for right now. But in the future, if there's if there's a right the right name at the right time, of course I'm I'll move back up. I can do it. I've already proved I can do it, so I'll do it again if I have to. If the fight between Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders is going to happen later this year, again that's up in the air at the moment. But if it is to happen, what chance do you give Saunders in that fight, Chris? Oh, man, I mean Saunders is he's you know slim to none is an understatement. I, I'm trying to think. Are you something. just saying that because you don't like him, or this is what you generally no, think? Listen. <laughs> uh, me, me liking him as a person has absolutely nothing to do with it. Did you not watch Billy Joe Saunders' last fight? I was at Billy Joe Saunders' last fight. Right. So, if that's how he performs against that guy, 
what's going to happen when he gets in against Canelo? And I say that guy, I can't even remember the guy's name. So that, and that, so that says a lot about his caliber and who he was and his abilities. So if he performs against him like that, what, what, what chance does he have against one of the, you know, the pound for pounds? It's, 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 it's silly. It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, he doesn't deserve the fight. And if he gets the fight, he's going to lose. Um, and it's not going to be exciting. It's not going to be an exci- as exciting as, as me versus Canelo. Because if I get in there with Canelo, I'm coming for him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and take his head off. Uh, Saunders is going to go in there and survive. He's going to dance around the ring and, 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 uh, and stick the place out like he's done so many other times. Nobody wants to see that. I sure don't want to see it. You know, so, you know, I, I, I don't think it should happen. I think it should be a fan-friendly fight. Uh, and if, 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 if the fight can't be made with me, then I think it, what most, what's most likely to happen is he'll fight Golovkin again, and then I'm going to go and try and get the winner of that, and then probably fight Charlo at some point uh, this year, um, depending on the schedule. Um, you know, my, my thought process at the moment is hopefully uh, I could get maybe a, a warm-up fight, a tune-up fight, um, because, you know, I've had one round of, 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 of actual fighting, you know, over the last, what is it, year, year and a few months, I've only had one round. Um, that's not a great position to be in going into a world title fight. And I think this would actually be a perfect opportunity to get the tuning fight in because, you know, I can't fight a mega fight without a crowd. So, you know, those big, big fights uh, for belts should be done when, you know, the, the coronavirus situation uh, rectifies and is better and, you know, they can have the crowd and the environment and sell the tickets. So until that time, I'm hoping that boxing does what the UFC is doing here in Florida right now, where they're having these fights with no crowd. Uh, and that would be a perfect opportunity for me to do something like that, get a tune-in fight, tune-up fight. Um, and when I say tune-up fight, I don't mean the fight in some bum. I, I, want, I want to fight a guy who's going to be able to, you know, give me some rounds. You know, I don't want another corridor. I don't want another one round and that's it. I want to, I want to get these rounds in. I want to, I want to get these rounds in at middleweight. And then for those titles. So let me ask you, when earlier on in the year, probably around February sort of time, February, March kind of time, when Canelo was being linked with Maratta, uh, Callum Smith and Billy Joe, and it wasn't clear who he was going to fight on May the 2nd, were you ever approached about fighting Billy Joe uh, around that time? From Hearn or anyone? Um... I'm not sure. Listen, Han, Han, Han says, you know, he's always, he's always mentioning me and, and Saunders. Was there a, an official contract drawn up? No. Um, does he say in interviews that he wants, you know, he wants to make the fight? Yes, of course he does. Yeah. And I do want the fight, uh, but it has to be on the right terms and it has to be at the right time. Um, you know, we tried to make the fight happen multiple times when he was with Warren and they, it always fell through. But again, I'm I'm a middleweight, and I'm campaigning at middleweight. Um, so that's also another 
stepping stone that we would have to be figured out because I, I don't want to move up to super middleweight again yet. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, because uh, the belt on the line and the money makes sense, I'm ready. Do you think you'll only fight once this year, though, Chris, realistically? I hope not. Like I said, I want to, you know, I'm praying that they can get some type of uh, non-crowded, uh, no crowd event fight show going on over the, within the next month or two or three, uh, you know, get a win out of that and then maybe fight in a, in a big fight in December or something like that. Hopefully, uh, touch wood, pray to God, this, this virus thing is, is settled down by then and they start, they start letting crowds back in and, you know, opening things back up to the, to the general public. Certainly hope so. Chris, let me ask you, what do you, what do you make of this heavyweight, whatever's going on with the retired heavyweights all itching to come back, Mike Tyson's, Evander Holyfield's, etc. What, what do you make of all that? Um, I wouldn't like to see it, man. These guys are legends. They're icons. Uh, they are, you know, they've done too much to then go and get in the ring at 50, 60 and, you know, look mediocre and, 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 and risk injury, real injury, because that's what you're risking when you, when you step into the ring at that age. Um, it's not something I really want to see, to be honest. These guys are, these guys are your heroes. You know, you grew up watching them, so you don't want to see them in that state. Um, but who knows? I mean, Mike's looking in great shape, but you know that shape is—it's—it's it's great for a few seconds, click on the, on, on, on the pads. But what is it? What is it going to be when you're in a fight? You know, um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm—I I, even Roy. I, I watch—I watch Roy every day, and he's still got it. You know, he's still got it. But you—you you, you know. We can you still have it over six, 12 rounds? You know, that's a whole different thing. You know, you can look good for a round or two, but pad work and hitting the bag is always different when you've got another man in front of you. You know, mm. I don't know, we'll see. Just, uh, just a couple more things before we finish, Chris. Obviously, sticking with the heavyweights, the fight in the heavyweight division we all want to see is obviously Joshua and, and Fury. A lot of people have their opinion about that. I know you're a huge fan of Anthony Joshua. You've obviously featured on, on builds alongside him and you've always been a huge supporter. Is who, who do you favour in that fight if that fight is to happen, which we hope it will in the next 12 months or so, Joshua and Fury? Um, my favourite... You know, it would be a great fight. It really would. Um, you know, Joshua proved that he can adapt, that he can box, that he can be smart. That he's not a one-trip pony. Um, I think in that fight, he proved that he is the number one heavyweight in the world. Um, you know, it was impressive what he did. Um, you know, Fury's performance against Wilder, I'm not, I'm not saying it wasn't impressive, but Wilder wasn't there. 
he wasn't what we we are used to seeing. He wasn't he wasn't that animal that I've seen knocking guys out. I don't know what it was. I don't know why. I don't believe all that shit about the uh, the um, the jacket he was wearing and you know being heavy. That that was all like, such a such a terrible excuse to make. But um, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. And uh, and Fury was just too big, was just way too big. But Joshua, he's not too big for Joshua. Joshua is a big, big boy too. Um, so if I had to put money on it, I would put it on on Joshua. Just just through stopping power and adaptability, uh, I think Joshua would win. Okay, you spoke to your dad recently, Chris. Um. I haven't spoken to him for a little while, um, just a week or two. He's uh, he's he's been busy. Is he still involved in your career to a certain degree? Come on, that's, that's not it's not our silly questions like that. Cause you know he's always going to be there. Um, he's just I know he'll always be there, but he was more involved towards the start of your career than he has been towards the back end of your career. What makes you say that? Just what I observe. I don't know. I might, I might be, what I'm talking might be untrue, but whatever happens, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. It just seems like your dad has been more vocal towards kind of the first half of your career and less so towards the second half so far in your career. That's what it looks you, like. You know, when you're building a contender and a, an up-and-coming professional, uh, you know, yeah, you you have to push him, but I'm proven now. So all all that talk and and all that stuff that he was doing at the beginning of my career, it's not so much needed because I'm I'm established now, so people know what I am. Mm. Um, you know, I have I have my fan base, I have uh, my hater base, and they will they're going to tune in. So it doesn't. I don't need the. Um, you know, I don't need to be pushed up so much anymore. You know, I know what I'm doing, um, which is why, you know, press conferences, stuff like that, I, I, I know how to handle it, you know. At the beginning, I, you know, it was all new to me. So, you know, I, I looked at my old man to, to, to show me the ropes. Now I know the ropes. But that doesn't mean to say my father isn't involved in my career, because he is. He mm. absolutely is. Um, uh, it's just, um, you know, I have to be my own man. I have to do things... Uh, I have to make, I have to, I have to walk my own path now. You know, I can't, I can't rely on on other people so much. I, I know, I know what I'm doing, but yeah, me and my father are very close, always in contact, um, and he will continue to be a big part of my career. Yeah, I think you, you explained that well to be honest, because I wasn't suggesting like behind the scenes we don't know what goes on. So I just meant from those kind of situations like press conferences and and just being around in general, your dad was more visible towards the first half of your career. But I suppose as you're developing and as you're kind of maturing as a fighter and as a person, then I suppose your dad's attitude might be just kind of let him find his own way to a certain degree. Is that fair to say? No, the way's already been found. Hmm. So now, you know, all right, you're here, you're here now. You're here now. So I don't need to tell you this and show you that. You, you, you're already doing it type thing, right? Okay, um, just finally, do you want to talk to me about Next Gen Speedster Collection, 
Chris. <laughs> Next den. There you go. Right here. Clothing line. Uh, ChrisHubertUnion.com. It's all available. It's, it's very cool gear. So if you guys want to train in something cool, then, uh, pick some stuff up. Not a problem. Well, listen, I'm going to let you crack on with your day. Um, hope you keep yourself safe, Chris, you and also your family. And hopefully, yeah, we'll get a catch up soon uh, when boxing hopefully returns sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Yeah, all the best. Stay safe. And um, yeah, we'll speak again soon. Chris Eubank, Jr., thank you very much for talking to IFL TV and uh, we'll speak to you soon. All right, mate.